Hey guys, it's Matthew. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to the show today. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about ducks. We're going to talk about sex tapes. And we're going to talk about why candy corn is gross. So if you like what we're doing, uh, feel free to tweet at us. You can find us at FS Bible Time on Twitter. Uh, I don't really recommend that anybody subscribes or reviews uh, the podcast because, frankly, I don't know that I really recommend that anyone listens to it. But I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Let's have some fun. Hey, welcome to Fun Sexy Bible Time. Thanks for being with us today. With us today is returning guest, Rich Cook. What did you have to do to be punished with being on Fun Sexy Bible Time a second time? Well, it's penance. Everything is about penance, Matthew. (laughs) What, what sin did you commit that they made you come back on Fun Sexy Bible Time? I was on it the first time. <laughs> so. so it's a never-ending loop. Right. <laughs> Got to make up for this one now. Oh, Rich Cook, we privileged to have you. You are now an official ordained minister, are you not? It's true. I, I finished seminary. Uh, finally, you know, lots of people go to school for seven years. But, uh, you know, some of them are doctors and some of them just get their seminary degree. <laughs> so what are you, what are you allowed to do now as an, as officially done with seminary that you were not allowed to do on the first podcast? Do, oh, you, do you have any extra powers? I don't know. I should probably swear less, I think, but <laughs> it's not really a power. <laughs> do you have the ability to impart guilt like at a, at a, at a faster rate than you, than you did before? It might be yeah, like a latent ability. I I actively try not to be that person, but hmm. you know. Are you so, oh, so you're not that kind of minister. <laughs> uh, you know, you always have to try to get those airplane conversations. You have to qualify it, like, but I'm not. You know, I'm a preacher. <laughs> I'm not that kind of preacher. We we call that the pathos. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but not that kind of Christian. But nobody believes you. Nobody. <laughs> You've got to prove it with your with your works, apparently. How how big do you think Jesus's eye roll is every time somebody says, "I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian." <laughs> um. Well, I'm not sure if it's harder when somebody says that, or if it's the person that's like, "I am the kind of Christian that Christ wants me to be," and <laughs> then they act like a huge jerk. <laughs> uh, symptoms of the same disease, I'm afraid. Yeah. All right. We've been getting away from the shout-outs on Fun Sexy Bible Time, and I'm glad you, you're back on. You're, you're bringing us back to our roots, Rich Cook. So we're going to do some shout-outs. Uh, I, I want to start with a shout-out to uh, a podcast that I've listened to, to a few episodes of, and they're just tremendous, and they're called The Free Sex Podcast. Mm. <laughs> and The Free Sex Podcast is two Christian ladies who really just do tremendous work in exploring pretty much any sexual avenue you can come up with and hmm. trying valiantly to hold it to biblical standards. Sure. How old do they do, Matthew? What's the what's their batting average at this point? <laughs> well, I've, I've only listened to, to a few episodes, but um, I mean, they're, they they take you to, they take you places you're not prepared to go mm. in a uh, in a in a biblically I don't want to say appropriate, but in a, in a <laughs> one of their last episodes was uh, adult nursing relationships 
where oh. uh, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Right now, I'm familiar. <laughs> and then, like any kind of you know, like bondage and anything like that, that, that you know, hmm. um, they they go there and they try to hold it up to the Bible to see what the Bible says, and it's <laughs> it's admirable work that they do. That is truly valiant. Yeah. So, shout out to you, Candace and Katie. <laughs> I, I've dug you a hole, which you probably will not be able to climb out of, but do you have a shout out to compare to that? Sure. Uh, so just a thought I've been having recently, I, I want to give a shout out to Chick-fil-A, nice. which you talk about a lot, um, you know, just for being that, that prototypical Christian organization where they serve fried chicken, where they hold to politically conservative beliefs, and then they pay people to be nice to you. So I think that's, I think they're they're really doing outstanding work. But is it your pleasure to give that shout out? It's their pleasure. Okay. But then I also wonder often, like, how many times per day the person who says, that's my pleasure, the server, as they're walking away under their breath, I wonder how many times (laughs) they're swearing at the person. (laughs) They're just (laughs) silently cursing them. Yeah, I wonder if we could combine Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby into like one one superstore, like just for the Baptists to go to. Sure. Well, you know, like the Targets have opened Starbucks inside of them, you know. You could have a Chick-fil-A inside of a Hobby Lobby. Nice. Would it be a Chick-fil-A inside of a Hobby Lobby or the other way around? Ooh. Or like <laughs> so hobby. it's like a kiosk of like craft stuff yeah. <laughs> and then a giant chicken restaurant. And all the craft stuff smells like fried chicken. It's, mm, it's kind of greasy. You got you to wash your hands before you go to the craft kiosk. There's just a film on everything of chicken mm-hmm. grease. Yeah, I could see that because then the kids could go in the play place at Chick-fil-A. And then like uh, then like the moms could just gravitate towards the Hobby Lobby kiosk. Sure. And there could be like a, like a kiosk for the dads too with like all the little model airplanes and whatnot mm-hmm. that they yeah. have in Hobby Lobby. It's always where I end up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We, my wife and I were just talking about more places should have like children's play places. Uh-huh. It's really inconsiderate that not everybody does. Hey, how about friggin' Lowe's, Home Depot? Get on the ball with this. Like, that's the place that needs to have a play place. Yeah, Home Depot does have children's activity days that we just recently discovered, and you can take your kid and drop them off, and they can build a birdhouse or something, and you can mm-hmm. pick them up later. Yeah, it's like on Saturdays though, just occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's sort of becoming my home away from home is Lowe's. So, yeah. All right, Rich. We only talk about the important things in fun, sexy Bible time, as you know. Only the finest, yeah. And I wanted to have you on because I needed somebody with 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 a mind that could handle such a topic as we're about to approach. I'm speaking, of course, of ducks. Mm-hmm. Now, Rich, when you were on, I think it was episode five. Uh, we did some, we, we did a deep dive on the topic of wolves. Did we, did we not? Yes. Fighting wolves, I think was part of it. Yeah. So I, I want to sidestep the wolf issue just for a second and go back to ducks because I've been thinking a lot about ducks lately in the sense that why are ducks defenseless, seemingly defenseless? Mm-hmm. Can you give me some thoughts on this? It's true. They are defenseless. They don't have teeth. Their mouths are rounded. 
they don't have they kind of their uh their feet have some claws on them i think it's t- been a while since i've seen one up close but they're not really in a position to like fly at you with their feet well they don't really have talons it's more of like a webbed foot kind of thing right but aren't they pointy on the end of the the webbing like the hard parts not in any kind of like they're not weaponized right yeah maybe you it, know maybe for like catching a june bug perhaps but not for fighting off a, a coyote or anything sure uh i don't know i will say like we ride our bikes through through a park and there's a pond in the area and all these ducks especially right now it's like the hatching season and so baby ducks are being born and when you ride too close to the pond, the mallard ducks will run out and they'll spread their wings and look really big and they'll squawk at you. Mm-hmm. And it can be kind of terrifying, especially if you're not expecting it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's their defense. But it's all show because yeah. if a predator actually wanted to get at those baby ducklings, then the mallard's just going to flap at them. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, what What is a duck going to do? Like, I mean, there's just not a lot of tools in that tool bag, as it were. You know, there's, there's no they don't armor. have hands. They don't have thumbs. They have feathers. Mm-hmm. They have webbed feet and and a, and a rounded beak. That's really not going to terrify anybody. Sure. And their bones are hollow, so they can fly and float. Mm-hmm. And so they break easily. I'm sure. Well, I mean, they do have escapability. Like you know, a coyote comes up. You know, the duck can fly away. Right. But what if the threat is coming from the air? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking about like a hawk or an eagle coming down for a duck. Like, I mean, what are you going to do as a duck? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can, you can try to fly away, but those predatory birds are probably a little faster. Yeah. All right, so here's my, here's my thing. Like, if I'm a duck, we need to go inside the duck, Rich. Mm-hmm. If I'm a duck, I'm not just going to give up because that's not in my DNA. Right. You have Survival to find, of the fittest, yeah. You have to find a way to fight back as a duck. So I think as a duck, I'm going to stay close to the water Mm -hmm. because, you know, like any kind of like land threat is basically neutralized if you're in the water. Mm -hmm. You know, like a coyote could jump in there and try to swim after you. But I mean, it's not going to catch you. You're a duck. Right. You make your home in the water. Got those web feet. Yeah. Can't compare to the web feet for paddling. And they can dive, right? Can't they? That's where I'm going, Rich Cook. See, great minds think alike. Sure. I think if you're a duck and you've got an aerial predator on you that's mm-hmm. terrorizing the duck community, rather than relocate the entire duck community, I think you just have to take the fight to the predator. Mm. And I'm speaking, of course, of a duck ambush. You place one duck, and I, I, as a duck, I'd be okay being the one as the decoy because you can't. that's not a job you can ask somebody else to do. Sure. One decoy in the water. And you wait for for the hawk or the eagle to attack you. Okay. And when it attacks you, that's when the wing ducks pounce. Mm. See, you didn't even know the wing ducks were there. No. But the wing ducks were there. And they pounce. And they grab the eagle and they take it under. They grab it how? Well, with their beaks. Okay. And they're just going to have to get on top of the eagle, basically. Mm-hmm. With their beaks, with their web feet, the best way they can, and they drag the eagle underwater, mm. kicking and screaming. Yeah, I think three ducks 
pulling an eagle down. I don't think the eagle could fly away. I think the eagle is going to be trapped underwater. And then, I mean, you can basically just drown the eagle. Could you not? I think it's got to take more than three there. Have you ever seen an eagle? Those things can be pretty huge. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, if there were three ducks, I think three ducks could do it. Yeah, one on each wing, one kind of biting at the ankles. Yeah, just pull it down because the because the duck is prepared to go underwater. But I, I just don't. Feel but like they have no weight, right? Because they have hollow bones. There's not a lot of a duck doesn't have a lot of mass to like anchor, well, right? That's true. It wouldn't necessarily be about weight. You know, you just have to have like you know one or two of the ducks paddling downwards, dragging right. the eagle. You know, with those webbed feet, you can make up for a lack of mass if you're pulling the eagle down. Velocity, yeah. Yeah, okay. and I, I feel like once that eagle gets submerged, I think it's going to panic mm-hmm. because it's not prepared to go underwater. No. Yeah, and eagle's feathers aren't made like duck feathers. They don't repel water the same way, right? Yeah. And if, you know, especially like if the eagle is like facing downward, like it's not going to be able to get back to the surface because mm-hmm. those talons are now working against it because it won't be able to get any kind of, you know, any kind of paddling with the talons. It has no webbed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, I think that's I think that's how I would approach it if I was a duck. You know, you're just gonna you have to face your fear and wait for the eagle to attack and then take the eagle under. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm just adding more numbers to it. I think it's okay. going to take more than three. I think, and you see ducks typically. There's like twelve of them in a kind of a whatever they call a group of ducks, a gaggle. That's geese. A gaggle of geese. Yeah, flock uh, of ducks. I don't know. I'll flock of ducks, <laughs> a herd of ducks. Well, we, so you well, get all of them from, together. We know from Disney that ducks do stick together. It's true. It's true. Ducks stick together. Ducks fly together. We learned that from the Mighty Ducks movies, mm-hmm. which were great. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think, I mean, if if I agreed to be the decoy duck. And, mm-hmm. and bear the brunt of the eagle's initial attack. I mean, could I count on you as a wing duck to not just fly away when that eagle attacks? Uh, I mean, me personally, or yeah, you, I mean, if, if you were a duck, could I? If count I were on a you? duck, could you count on me? Yeah, I think so. I mean, as long as the talons of the eagle were aimed at you, and I was like going for a wing or something. Yeah, I think I could. I could handle that part of the job. If uh, if Jake, your your uh, your theology after dark partner, Jake Goff, uh-huh. if he were a duck as well, could we count on him to be a wing duck? Not likely. Not likely. Uh, he's easily distracted. He uh, is. I've, he would be on board. He would be very passionate up front about the endeavor, and then like while we're waiting for the eagle to, to go for the decoy, he's gonna see something a, a lady duck and be gone. Yeah, his his spirit is willing, but his feathers are weak. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay, so we'd have we'd have to definitely get some backup wing ducks if Jake's going to be one of the wing ducks. Right now, and I, I wouldn't wouldn't put him on it. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, I've, I feel better about this now because I, I feel like we've got a plan now to deal with the eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and by the way, you know, screw bald eagles. Yeah. Can we just agree? Screw them. Like, we. We've reached the point like where I'm I'm sick of bald eagles coasting on this whole national bird thing. Mm-hmm. How can they be expected to represent us? I mean, they're endangered. They can't even protect themselves. That shouldn't 
be the perfect representation of America, right? And they're bald. They're not. They're not pretty to look at. No, nobody likes a bald anything. I, I just, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of over the bald eagle, and I think, I think it's time we as a nation woke up to what's really wrong with this country is that we need a different national bird. We need to make America great again. We do. What would Donald Trump make the national bird? Uh, well, himself probably, yeah. but. I think he'd probably make like a dragon or something that doesn't even right. make sense. Yeah, a griffin. Yeah, <laughs> that's presuming he knows what a griffin is. So, hey, speaking of sex tapes, <laughs> yes, speaking of sex tapes, we we've addressed the duck issue. Mm-hmm. Other than maybe the free sex podcast, which I probably should—I mean, I, maybe I should tweet them and ask them about this. Other than the Free Sex Podcast, I feel like this is probably the only podcast that will address this particular issue. And I'm speaking, of course, of which Bible character would be most likely to have a sex tape. Mm -hmm. Or have a sex tape that was released or leaked or however they say it. However the kids say it these days. Sure. So, your mind immediately goes to Solomon. (laughs) Because of all of the wives and concubines and, you know... He had a different lady for every day of the week. Okay, and, I'm going to challenge that very gently. Yeah. Does he have time to make a sex tape? And does he have time to even watch a sex tape? Well, the thing about sex tapes, though, is that you typically don't make them yourself. Like, Solomon wasn't the, wouldn't be the one setting up the camera. It's like a gotcha paparazzi kind of a move, right? <laughs> Am I wrong in this? Well, you know, given my, my vast experience with sex tapes... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's your? How'd your sex tape happen, Matthew? <laughs> it's most just like uh, it's just like fifteen minutes of me crying in the corner. Yeah. Well, and I mean, apologizing. Right. <laughs> um. So you're gonna go with Solomon. It's like that's my initial thought. Is just there's enough opportunity there for someone to catch him in the act and put it online, but you know. I'm gonna, There's other options. I'm going to go one generation above you mm-hmm. and, and say David, because David was so haphazard. Yeah. I mean, but they're one and the same. They're, yeah. they're flaws, but yeah. David. I think David would probably, David would be into it. He'd, he'd be watching his own sex tape. You think, okay, he would film with, himself. With a bucket of popcorn. He'd just be totally into it. And that might be the difference, yeah. And so Solomon had the wisdom to to not record himself, at least. So... Yeah, because if you you know, if you make it, it's gonna get out there. It's gonna get leaked. Like that's that's kind of the rule of thumb. Like if you ever film yourself doing anything, only do it if you want everyone to see it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna serve you up a softball here. Okay. If I told you one of Jesus's disciples prior to joining up with Jesus had a sex tape leaked, it mm. would obviously be. <laughs> Oh, I mean, but those guys were all a bunch of rapscallions. I don't know. Just think, I mean, just think, somebody who's very doesn't think things through, very I impulsive. Mean, Peter, <laughs> ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's true, Peter. But he was Peter was the one that before. Wait, no, I'm getting it all wrong. Never mind. Scratch that. I was thinking of Paul. I will be forwarding this podcast directly to your seminary professor. No! 
<laughs> I've learned nothing. <sighs> uh, Peter, definitely. Peter, yeah, that makes sense. New Testament. And then he'd like deny it too. <laughs> he, <would>. like if, <laughs> he totally would. <laughs> the other no. disciples would have their iPhones out and be like, Peter, like what what is this? Like, what is this, Peter? And like they just like show a close up of his face where it's clearly him, and he just completely deny it. Mm-hmm. That's not me. It's not me, guys. Jacob Goff uh pitched me a book idea once. <laughs> okay. Hit me. Of of the disciples doing despicable things. And I don't know if it was supposed to be pre-following Christ, but I, but during even, you know, they don't really have it all together. And so it was just kind of like, you know, taking everybody that idolizes, you know, and like, you know, the the point of your sermon is be like Peter. Well, Peter's not that great a guy to be like. And so it was just taking that to like the nth degree and putting him in situations where he's making sex tapes and whatnot, which I thought was pretty good. And I thought would work better as a graphic novel, but... <laughs> Yeah, I can see it as a graphic novel, sort of in that action Bible. Yeah, yeah, same. I get the same guy, even the same illustrator, because that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I'll have to talk to him about that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have Jake on the on one of the next podcasts and just uh, surprise him with that one and ask him to flesh that idea out a little bit. I think you should. <laughs> I'm gonna. Can I go? Can I go somewhat obscure for you here? Of who okay. in the Bible might have a sex tape? Yeah. And it might make you wince just a little bit. Okay. Ahab and Jezebel. Yeah. Yeah. They totally would. Because they'd there's be no doing, wincing in that. Uh, but they they'd be doing some bad stuff. Yeah, it would it would be total depravity at its finest. They would they would do things that would make the free sex podcast be like, nope, no, nope, we're we're good. Yeah, I mean, if you're sacrificing a baby while you're making a sex tape, you know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> just, you can go a lot of dark places. Yeah. yeah, Ahab and Jezebel, they'd be totally into making it and then watching it. They, they'd, I don't know, they they would have no shame. Like, they would just, mm-hmm. they'd broadcast it everywhere. It's true. Um, and I'm, now I'm just thinking, you brought up Jezebel, and for, you know, our our azer uncaged friends uh is there is there a woman which woman would have a sex tape because women can do that too you know uh let's see um let me say maybe i don't even think you think esther would Ooh. yeah i mean that whole book is kind of a sex tape right she's pretty self-actualized yeah uh Let's see. And, I mean, parts of Ruth are, you know, Ruth goes for it. She sleeps at the end of his bed. And... Yeah, yeah. I've always wondered about that. Like, is that is that biblical metaphor right there? Tell me, Mr. Seminary graduate. You know, there's a lot of debate around it. Is it a metaphor? Is it is it that's just what happened? Uh, you know? I'm going to ask my one. wife tonight if she'd like to sleep at the foot of the bed. Right. And then see what she... She'll probably get mad, and then I'll just have to explain. No, that's a, that's a, that's a metaphor for... Freaky stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And when you start really looking at the biblical metaphors for sex, they get pretty creative. Yes, yes, they could do. Easily be one. Yes, they do. That could actually be a segment on a podcast. Where we do nothing but talk about biblical metaphors for sex. <laughs> yes, I like it. <laughs> we. It's We're, important work. It needs to be done. Listen, if we don't do it, it's not like it's not like the Gospel Coalition is going to do this for us. 
It's not like no. it's not like Desiring God is going to do this for us. You never know what John Piper is going to do anymore. He, he easily could. <laughs> oh, John. Yeah, we almost need like a. You know, I guess the easy answer to this is that would be called a pope. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like we need a commissioner of Christianity who can just pull people out of the spotlight when they get weird. Yeah. Be like, dude, okay, just stop. We need to unplug his mic for a little bit. He just needs to settle down for... He needs to sit a few of these out. It's true. That that would actually be helpful. But then who... who what's the checks and balances to keep the commissioner under control? Because, you uh, know, it's it's the who's watching the watchmen kind of a... This is true. Because you don't want to end up with a Driscoll situation where it seems right. like he's doing a lot of good, and then when he goes bad, there's nobody there that can... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you have a commissioner of Christianity, and then uh, then a then a board, maybe like a like a Supreme Court type body, mm-hmm. who can vote to overrule him. And you have to have like people on the board from like every theological corner. Mm. So it's not just you know, you got to have like maybe like. Well, now we've just created Congress, and we can't get anything done. We just have we've. <laughs> Look, because they're not going to agree. They're never going to be like, "That's the guy you, that should get." How dare you insinuate that Christians would do nothing but bicker over things? <laughs> that doesn't sound like us. No, I can't believe you would you would go there. No, I mean, yeah, we've seen how well deacon boards work, and yeah. So no, I think if you had like seven people on the board, you could have like a couple Charismatics, a couple Calvinists, a couple Methodists. You know, just really kind of space it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, and it doesn't have to be unanimous. It can be like a two thirds. Yeah, and you have to divide it up too between people who are like active ministers, and then people who are like uh, with who are not ministers but missionaries. Oh. Because I feel like you get different points of view. It's true. Yeah, there's world worldwide are, perspective. You need that. People who are in the church and people who are taking the church to the third world. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Franklin Graham is over all of it. <laughs> is he the commissioner? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know that he'd. I don't know if that's the. Uh, actually, I think the commissioner should be the Rich Mullins hologram. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Rich Mullins, even if he was alive, he wouldn't even need checks and balances. He would. <laughs> he could just be the commissioner, and it'd be fine. Uh, Maybe he could have like point of grace as his as his board. Mm. <laughs> yes, you would be the expert in this because you are the resident scholar of Rich Mullins movies. <laughs> I do. <coughs> uh, I did love that movie that came out. I great. couldn't. I couldn't get past his hair. The hair just really. The hair was me. so bad, and some of the acting was pretty bad. But I thought, all in all, of of the Christian movies that have come out in the last thirty years, that may be among the better of them. Uh huh. Yeah. <sighs> hey, listen. We're, yeah. break, we're breaking ground here. We are. We're breaking ground. Rich Cook, a final topic that is no less important than what we've already been doing with ducks and sex tapes. Mm-hmm. Overrated candies. Mm. Why don't you go first? I mean, the list sort of begins and ends with candy corn for me. Ooh. Candy corn is disgusting. Like It's, it's like sugared earwax. Like... There's a reason that you can only get it on Halloween because it's nasty and nobody wants it the rest of the time. That's true. Similar with Peeps. They yeah, I'm, just, I'm with you on Peeps. Um, it's like a marshmallow covered in sugar. That They're fun to blow up in the microwave, but that's about it. Mm. 
I will say for candy corn, if you do that mix where you put it with peanuts and chocolate chips and you put it all together, I forget what they call that. But then, it, I mean, mostly you're getting, you know, the other flavors, the salty sweet, but mm-hmm. it adds something to that, I think. Can we put Twizzlers on the overrated and underrated list at the same time? I think so. I'm with you on that. Because they're kind of yeah. gross, but then, like, you just look down and then you've eaten, like, the half of the bag. Mm-hmm. They go quick. And there, there's, like, no logical reason why Twizzlers should be good, but you can't stop eating them. Sure. Are we differentiating between the pull and peel and the classic? Um, pull and peel classic, or we could even go nibs. You know, yeah. the little pieces that come in the bag now. Yeah, nibs don't last long at all around me. No. It's true. But it, it's just kind of, yeah, like cherry flavor. It's like if you took cough syrup and you solidified it. Yeah. That's what you're eating here. That's one of the mysteries of life is why can why, why do you keep eating Twizzlers? Mm-hmm. I have no answers for this. When I was a kid, I would with the classic Twizzlers, I would bite off both ends and then use it as a straw to drink soda with. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's ingenuity right there. Um, let's see, what else? I for me, every all of the artificial fruit flavors are a little bit up in the air. Especially the red flavors. I don't feel like they're ever even close. Fake strawberry, fake raspberry, fake cherry never seem to taste quite right. Yeah, a lot of these like new flavors that they're coming out, like they freaking green apple. Like green apple's overtaken everything. It's mm-hmm. infected everything. Like somewhere along the line, we as a country decided that we didn't like lime anymore, and we were mm-hmm. just going to go with green apple. Yeah, and I feel like it's more tart. We, it's more sour. Yeah, I feel like in some ways that's where we lost our way as a nation is when we decided we were too good for limes. We got to make America great again. Back <sighs> lime. Yeah. We do. No, everything used to be lemon lime too. It was never. I feel like there wasn't just like one or the other. It was lemon lime. And then that kind of faded out somehow. It's a war on citrus, my friend. You know, they're getting rid of all the citrus flavors. Like in Lifesavers, they took out the orange and the the uh, the lime and they replaced it with like watermelon and red. Did they really? It was gross. Watermelon and green apple or something. Huh. It's look when scurvy comes back and wipes this country out, mm-hmm. we'll wonder why. But it was the yeah. war on citrus that did it. It's true. We're all going to get scurvy. It's the silent killer. It's the silent killer. Rich Cook, I appreciate you coming on today. And in the span of 30 minutes, we talked about ducks, sex tapes, and why Twizzlers are inexplicably good. Did we do it all? We got it all? Hey, listen. Time flies when you're doing the Lord's work. It's true. Yes. Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. Oh, one thing we did not do. Can can, Can you... And we didn't prepare for this, but... It's been a few podcasts since we did a Craig Cabanus shout out. Mm. And I just feel like the Cabanus power is slowly getting, is slowly fading away because we never go back and reference it. Mm. So as, it's like Tinkerbell. If you don't believe in him, he, he yeah. fades and dies. Yeah. So as a closing activity, as a closing mission, can, can you give me a Craig Cabanus shout out? Can you join me in, in a Craig Cabanus shout out? Please? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We need to. We need to shout out Craig Cabanus for all of the great work that he's done in uh, single-handedly keeping the Zika virus at bay. Craig Cabanus doesn't need to look at the box to build Lego things. Mm. His Lego skills are unparalleled. He can build 
houses and vehicles out of Legos and never has to look at the box. I might literally kill for that power. That's it's what makes impressive. him great. It is. Craig Cavanis has the ability to go on Facebook and not get bothered by all the political posts. He doesn't even see politics. It's like he just looks and he sees people, you know? He doesn't see red state or blue state. No, just All states. he sees are opportunities. <laughs> opportunities to love people better. Yes. That's what makes him great. Craig yep. Cavanis, shout out to you, my friend. Shout out. All right, Rich Cook, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Matthew. It's a pleasure to be on. (laughs) We'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, talk to you later. Nibs don't last long. They're all around me. In some ways, that's where we lost our way as a nation. We decided we were too good for lives. <laughs> <laughs>